3: It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Back to the show! Do you read Stephen King? Good news, there's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights.
4: Consequence Podcast Network.
2: To all of you amazing pod people out there, I'm your host, Leo Phillips, and this is another edition of This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music and performance. And if you are tuning in for the first time today, welcome! Um, I am usually this ecstatic. Every single week, I try hardest to bring you a fascinating conversation from the beating heart of the live music and performance scene. And what that means is that I chat to musicians, I figure out why festival founders do what they do, choreographers, uh, I talk to comedians, actors, really anyone who is obsessed with performance in the way that we are. So before we dig into this week's fantastic interview, because there's many. Let us check in with our constant companion here at TMBTG Studios, Engineer Adam. Hello!
3: Hey, how's it going?
2: How's it going? How's it
3: going, babe?
2: <laughs> it's going great. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. I'm still uh radiating, basking in the glow that was the Lance Reddick episode. I'm just wow. still vibing on that yeah. one, you know?
2: I think this is such a good time to remind everybody to dig back into our back catalogue because we have so many, we have dozens and dozens of episodes with the most exciting creative minds and uh, just speaking of the Lance Reddick interview, I think that all of his fans, a lot of them have uh, sent us messages to say thank you for such an in-depth conversation which I think that a lot of them don't get.
3: Speaking of all those great episodes we have in our back catalog, I think we should give an idea of what we have specifically this week in store for our listeners.:
2: Yeah, it's a really, really extensive episode as well, so I hope everybody is ready to uh, ready for the glow.: Yeah,
3: buckle in the seat belts, yeah. baby. I
2: traveled to the wonderful Oslo in Norway for the one and only Oya or Oya.
3: I don't oh, know how they yeah. pronounce it. It's tough.
2: It's so tough. It's f- it's phenomenal. It it's such a beautiful language. And I tried to get it and even just the phrasing is tricky. But I had never been to Oslo before. Um I had been to many parts around that area, but never to Norway. And this was kind of uh, just the biggest and brightest shock that I got the whole year, yeah, I think, in all my travels. It's the most uh, green festival I think I've ever attended, and I've attended green ones. From their recycling efforts, which uh, meant I had to carry my own cup around uh, the whole time for all the four days that I was there, um, to the crowds that were constantly just, you could see there were strangers meeting for the first time. It oh, was that's like so a lovely. lot of like I'm dancing next to ch- next to this guy and I'm going to tap you on your shoulder because we're sharing in this moment of Robin.
3: Cuz you got great dance moves <laughs> together.
2: <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um there was just such a diverse and thrilling lineup and a lot of Norwegian acts that I'd never seen and some of them I'd never even heard of.
3: That we get to highlight for you <laughs> listeners.
2: And also, the shout-out to the veggie sandwich that I got to eat every day, hey. complete with cheese that was apparently made in a cave by an immensely talented Norwegian craftswoman who, makes, uh, who uses the French technique of making cheese in a cave. And I think one of the most important things to point out as well is how many hills there were at uh, this Oslo festival. Because I live in a flatland now, and I'm just so impressed by Norwegian uh, trick of the balance. They, for some reason and somehow, have these superhero powers and are able to even if it's late at night after much alcohol, uh, they're able to climb and uh, go down without rolling.
3: I know the first Massive time hills. the first time I left the Midwest here, I just
2: it Roll, over. rolled
3: for hours i didn't know where i was going
2: <laughs> like rolling down what's that there's anyway and what's more we are going to now share with you a taste of what the week had to offer um and you get to sit in on all of the chats that i had over the course of the episodes that i recorded and it's a little time capsule of the event it was truly an incredible experience i sat next to a weird swamp that had a unicorn uh floaty as you call it (laughs) in the the americas a lilo as i like to call it and i have to just thank every single person at uh, oya festival for helping bring this uh, live to you because the team on the ground had my back were hydrating me like in the corner of a boxing ring uh, massaging my shoulders you were rocky taking the sweat dribbling off my forehead interview
3: rocky yeah. i like it yeah it was yeah, yeah. it
2: was i persevered through the uh, sweat
3: i'm proud of you champ
2: and as we say in Afrikaans, snot en trana and what does um, that mean snot en trana is a uh, snot and tears
3: oh okay i like it
2: it symbolizes uh, misery and i also took many photographs which you will get a chance to see with this episode so again shout out a nice call to all of the amazing team at oya because I, I i just had the most amazing four days and i just want to thank you because sometimes you get lost in the crowds and they had my back literally
3: but before we get all the way into those interviews, let's get to a bit of business, including a brand new segment. Are you ready for it? Mm, what drum, is drum it? roll, please. Brip, 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 Brip. We know how that drums sound. This yeah, is what drums yeah, sound like. Musicians. It's the T G Studios Live Show of the Week. Oh, yeah, that's fun, right? Yeah, that really. If is. I did it in my radio voice like this. Ding, ding. So each week we're going to bring you a highlight of one of the most heart-thumping events out there in the live music scene that we could find and Ooh. share it with our pod people so they can get a heads up and hopefully head out to these shows.
2: I think this is a great idea. Let's start off with this week's live show of the week. Uh, let's let's do a little... Blubble, 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 Another blubble, drum roll. There it is. No, this is me Googling. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. This is a Google.
2: We are looking at Bonnie Vere and Sharon Van Etten teaming up at the world-renowned Red Rocks Amphitheater on Tuesday, September 3rd. Have you seen this venue? Have you been to this venue? It is stunning.
3: So I've never been. I've never been to Colorado whatsoever, Oh, it's gorgeous. sadly. It's so this, gorgeous. this is the uh, venue about 10 miles away from Denver that I've been obsessed with in pictures just because it's the most beautiful-looking place in the world. It's carved into Red Rocks Park. You've got all the benches going down to a stage that's surrounded by these wow. awesome rock formations. You get to be out under the moon as it's rising and the sun's setting and you got all the beautiful colors. <gasps> I just follow along on Instagram and sigh and obsess. And but then, this sounds like the perfect show.
2: And then you have the brilliant voices and uh, kind of uh, life-changing music that they both make. And also two of the year's most brilliantly detailed and visceral albums, I think. Uh, everybody knows SVE is one of my favorites.
3: Absolutely. And that's
2: one of my favorite albums of the year. And uh, Bon Iver just came out with his. And I'm kind of tearing up just thinking about the two performing on the same night in that kind of magical panorama of uh, Red Rocks, oh. let alone on that stage under this under the moon. It's, it's, uh, there will be orbs. Let oh us boy. just say that. <laughs> there will be a whole oh ball crystals and orbs.
3: And if you want to get in on the excitement of that show or any other, you can head over to StubHub via cos.lv slash StubHub and find the best selection of tickets to the hottest shows. That's cos.lv slash StubHub.
2: Have you seen a show at Red Rocks? Let us know. Do you have a favorite doubleheader lineup that you've ever seen? uh maybe a tripler Ooh. you know this kind of feels like a gigantic uh festival yeah in its own S- more light. than
3: the sum of its parts
2: mm-hmm. so just let us know about it i want to know all about your experience of either these artists or red rocks we've never been i'd love to know should we go should this be the next
3: yeah i think i think so that
2: we go see That was the most cliche thing. I don't think I've ever said gig outside of the name of the show. (laughs) But let us see the giggy.
3: The best way to tell us about all that, you can head to social media at TMBTGpod or at Lior Phillips. Let us know about Your Red Rocks past, or you can head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts.
2: It sounds very ominous if they've got a Red Rocks past.
3: It does. It also sounds like an indie band from like 2005.
2: Red Rocks past. Yeah, I think so. Red Rocks past.
3: You also need to leave us a five star review. So go and do that. You can use that time also to tell us about your favorite Sharon Van Etten concert. You can do that on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. yes so let us know what it you. is mm-hmm. and leave it as a five-star review it has to be five stars and you will get a shout out on the show Woo! this week's shout out goes to someone named great app
2: oh okay w- apprentice perhaps apostrophe
3: uh apprehensive apostle? oh Ooh, i like mm-hmm. apostle great apostle
2: yeah there yeah you go. uh
3: but they let us know that episode 61 featuring perry farrell made Ooh. their sunday afternoon So, that's very kind. Thanks for those kind words. Great app. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Great app. You're great app, apparently. But let's return the attention to this week's incredible chat. As we mentioned earlier, I'm sharing four intimate conversations from the wonderful Oya Festival that I just got to experience in Oslo, Norway. Uh, The first one, I sat down with the enigmatic and fascinating Orville Peck. And we sat in this really cozy uh, kind of trendy bar just right outside the festival grounds. And he was performing there that evening. So we got to chat just above. There's like a little apartment in the space above it. And it kind of looked a bit Wes Anderson-y. And it had this very glowy magic hour light And we sat down and chatted about what it's like to perform in a mask and the allure of country music.
3: Wait, quick question. Was he in a mask during the interview?
2: Of course. Yes, he absolutely was wearing the mask. I didn't know if he would, but he was. That's so cool. Really ornate up close and very comfortable. None of the experience between... You
3: say comfortable as if you got to try it on.
2: (laughs) But none of the experience uh, from talking to him with a mask, it didn't separate us, it didn't disconnect our conversation. And that's exactly what we chatted about because the mask doesn't deter from any of the music. It actually allows for him to connect to his performance. Amazing. Which I think is something that uh, a lot of people might mistake, the act of using a mask. Yeah. So, next up then is another uh, kind of one of my favorite encounters with Joe Talbot, who's the vocalist of the punk band Idols. And now, if you've seen this band live, you will. Uh, my left hand right now is in a claw shape. Yeah, it's clenched. Because I'm trying to mimic what my heart probably did when I was watching <laughs> them. They are. Uh, it's thumping it goes right through and there is absolutely nothing you will do but laugh and throw your body back and i don't know i just felt completely um emphatically moved by the whole performance incredible and everyone had said how brilliant they are live they're one of the best live shows i've seen in a very long time and that is a big thing for me to say that's
3: incredible yeah. joe
2: is also a really uh, lovely guy and very interesting and we talked about the emotional state of thinking and overthinking and thinking again and overthinking again while writing their album joy as an act of resistance and also chatting about just uh There was a lot of fears that I've had personally about life and things and we got to reflect on that. And he gave me some advice off mic, which you won't hear. So why am I mentioning it now? Because you need some FOMO in your life.
3: (laughs) Uh, Next, you spoke with the endlessly charming Norwegian indie artist Faye Wildhagen.
2: Faye!
3: I was not super familiar with Faye prior to this conversation, but I immediately went out and downloaded everything Mm -hmm. I could find. Mm -hmm. So you spoke with Faye about bridging the gap between artist and fan as well as the utter joy of seeing feist live
2: oh god we got to oh no we totally had to miss um i shot mitski and ran up for my interview with her, mm-hmm. and we both were sitting there going why are we having a conversation <laughs> during mitski's performance and we could hear it so clearly and we were miles away and both of us there's a long uh portion of our conversation where we just basically sat heavy breathing looking at each other going maybe we should just not do our job and run and watch and (laughs) ski
3: that's amazing and finally we've got a chat with eric from komoda you and eric chat about the uncanny origins of the name of his new project as well as the status of the upcoming return of his other project kings of convenience
2: I mean, this was like a ridiculous moment because I think I definitely wanted to focus on Komode. Is that how you pronounce it? I think we go through the same. um, We do. We go through the same thing. But let us not be delayed. You've got some upcoming shows you need to get to this week. You have a whole background review quick review snippet review of a festival in norway i will share some more stories about our trip to oslo on the next live report from the festival but for now let us not be delayed this is me and orville peck followed by me and joe from idols followed by me and Faye giggling gerties and finally me and komode enjoy sitting currently at I can't pronounce the name of this bar. Pa- park te- park te- <laughs> I
0: think it's park or
2: Parktietre. Park te- I don't know. I feel I so embarrassed, I keep trying to, I
0: know I keep trying to pronounce Norwegian words yeah. and I think I'm failing miserably. <laughs> I learned one though. I, I learned jealous. I learned my name. It's uh it's um Ye it's yay Ye, uh, Peck,
2: what? Yeah. What does the beginning bit mean?
0: Yay means I, I.
2: Oh, I am. am.
0: And then yay he yay here yes. is my name is Orville Olpe.
2: Oh my god. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say it at my show earlier, but then I, I chickened out.
2: <laughs> Your show was so great. We were just chatting a bit about it. I was so glad to because also that you were you went in place of Julian Baker. That's right. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. were only meant to be playing the
0: show tonight. The show tonight.
2: Yeah. So so how when did what happened when you got the call? uh
0: I think it was only a few days ago, but uh I mean we love to play, obviously in my band and mm. I and so I mean we were just happy to do it it's uh we've done we've done some more stressful things than than that so.
2: really <laughs> yeah <Like> what
0: <laughs> I mean just like you know i I think we're always kind of i mean me especially like i you know I, luckily there's always. A lot of interviews happening or things going on, so I feel like it's not—it wasn't that stressful of a day. I actually, the backstage it was really nice. I got a massage, I got acu- acupuncture.
2: Wait, at this festival now?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh There's my a God. there was a what? crazy pool. <laughs> we were all swimming. There's like I really, really the nice pool. catering. But yeah, yeah, I got like cupping and acupuncture. Yeah, it was pretty but relaxed. But did you get
2: that before the before the show? I got or it right game? after. <laughs> <gasps> like, that's perfect. Yeah, it was great. Because then you played tonight.
0: Yeah, I feel relaxed and, you know, we're back to, like, our club show, which mm. is... You know, we like both because I think it has a different feel. Yeah. Like, when it's our show and it's kind of a club show, like, yeah. we can kind of set the kind of tone of the performance throughout the evening and, you know, it feels more like a kind of uh, an experience. Yeah. Kind of. and then uh, But then I like playing outdoor big festivals because I think there's a lot of kind of spontaneous stuff that we are forced to do, and I think it just has a nice, a different tone.
2: Yeah. How do you feel like you can connect then? Like, what is the the way that you're allowed to, allow yourself to tap into that audience? Because I found, like, standing there, people were really getting into it. Yeah. And I feel like they might not have understood what you were singing, or... (laughs) I mean, most people here speak English, but maybe they just... But they were so in awe, and also your stage presence, all the outfits, what you look uh, like—it's—it's impactful, you know. There's there's meaning to all of it. Yeah, it it, it seems. What's the word? Um, Considered. Yeah,
0: it's deliberate. Is that the right
2: deliberate? Yes, that's a much better word. I mean, I
0: think you know, I really try to do that. Uh, um, I feel like the people I grew up really being inspired by, musicians, or or filmmakers, or authors, anything really. I mean, I'm kind of, I like to think of myself as an artist with like a capital A, because I'm interested in, you know, all forms of it, not just, you know, the musical side. Mm. And I think there are people like David Bowie, Mm. or, you know, like uh, Grace Jones, or... Oh God, Grace Jones. Yeah, so just like (laughs) people who, you know, put effort into the full kind Mm. of experience. Not that everyone has to do that in order to, you know, catch my attention, but... It's just how I like to... It.
2: But it's how you connect. Yeah, and I yeah. think, you
0: know, and I think, the, I think that this the thing I found is that even though there's an element of theatricality in what I do, of course, and there's a show and there's, you know, kind of an, a kind of flair and mm. all the kind of drama that I grew up loving mm. in country music and also, like, you know, theater and art, mm. uh, I try and connect by keeping the songs and the subject matter really personal to me, uh, which is what I... All my songs are very yeah. personal, and I, I really try to the, do that.
2: You mentioned the one about you said uh, this song is about a drag queen. Yeah, and <laughs> what is the song called? Uh, ha, 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 queen of the, queen the rodeo. Of the road, yeah, <laughs> and you were like, drag queens are amazing, <laughs> and everyone was like, woohoo! Like looking around, like, is it okay? Can we? It was so <laughs> great because. You know, you'd never I think a lot of people have preconceptions about somebody who does wear a mask all the time, yeah. or just someone who, to be honest, you don't know anything about without the mask of course, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the mask is a thing about you that we as listeners and fans have just accepted as a way of you know a lot of people, I think in the beginning might have been like, well, if you know a mask is to hide, right, but a mask traditionally. I mean it's also used to express so many cultures yes definitely Um, and I think
0: you know that was my you know it's funny because I never thought about my mask and mm. it's why I kind of avoided talking about it for so long because I I didn't want to put too much emphasis on it because I wanted it just to be accepted as part of what I want to present Mm. as a performer Mm. Uh, and I think there are parts of it that are really useful that help me connect to people really quickly and I think it actually puts people at ease kind of like how drag queens do you know I feel kind of I feel kind of like I can relate to drag queens Mm. because it's this weird thing where people would think that it's like a character or something that divides people puts it in, mm. in between people, but I think it actually connects people way quicker and puts people at ease, kind of. Mm. But um yeah. also
2: because I feel like if you look at there's this amazing artist called Damselfrau. I don't know if you know I've do heard you of know it. you've yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. it. She makes masks that have fringes. Yeah. Then exactly. I wouldn't say they're similar, there's but a, there's a the similar, meaning yeah. for her, I feel like I can relate that to what you're saying. Yeah. Because she says that it isn't to hide the person, it's to enhance Completely, and which I, I, think I think is so fascinating because it's tricky for people to definitely.
0: But I mean, it's listen, it's no on. different than what a lot of country musicians, especially, have done in the past. Yes. I mean, Dolly Parton wears wigs and crazy outfits, and we even conservative giants. people in 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 country like porter Mm. wagoner or like you know that whole crew of people they wore nudie Mm. suits that had rhinestones on them I mean there's always been drama and flair in country Mm. but I think I could even equate it to you know like I had a big punk phase and I loved punk rock and I still do and I think you know I can see
2: kind of the moves on stage
0: (laughs) but you know punk rockers they in the 70s especially had you know kind of like pseudonyms and Mm. they wore crazy outfits that could have been kind of considered theatrical or costume and they it was all to enhance rock
2: stars yeah exactly
0: I mean you know it's I'm not the first person to do anything like this and I think people just really wanted to dissect it and understand why I was doing it but mm. I think people are finally just understanding and accepting that it's just you know kind of part of what I do
2: well I hope so because also I think you're what you're known for it's there's words that trail your who you are as an artist, you know, which I think is something that a lot of people try their whole careers right. to get that. And I feel like because you've taken out your person, your persona, yeah. the private life out of it, it has, of course, made people to focus more on your music right. what you stand for listening to the lyrics a little bit more acutely to try figure out maybe you know because we're all voyeurs and we of all course. want to know more yeah and i mean so you know like
0: <clears throat> and i think that that's important and i think it's probably partly why uh people do seem to really connect with like my lyrics specifically or like yeah. the subject matter of my songs are um you know feel like they relate to them Mm. it's really lovely though
2: how then how has it been so far in terms of performing with the mask on the actual (laughs) logistics i don't know if i'm sure probably people have asked you the same question but just watching you on stage you didn't seem affected (laughs) at all like even just with the mic now Knowing that it could, you know, get yeah, material yeah, yeah. in the way, <laughs> how do you do? How do you do it? Uh, it
0: I feel comfortable in it. I mean, it mm. just feels normal now. Uh, it gets very warm. <laughs>
4: yeah, I'm still. There's one
0: thing: it gets very hot and sweaty. But yeah. other than that, it, it I kind of forget that it's there. It just feels like completely normal. It's funny because now we yeah. all joke in my band that, you know, sometimes after, like, like today, mm. when there's, you know, we're not the headliner. Yeah. I'll, I'll sneak out into the audience after. And just like walk just around walk or whatever, around, yeah. and that's <laughs> what, and it's funny because that's when I feel like I'm wearing a costume. <laughs> you know, it almost so, feels like wow. that's when I've started feeling weird. Yeah, <clears throat>
2: that's so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> because it's now allowed you to to really embrace your yourself. I mean, listen, it's yeah. funny. I've been a
0: performer my whole life mm. since I was 10 years old. I've been performing in different ways. I mean, all kinds of ways: musician, actor, dancer, mm. and a uh, singer. And I think it's funny now. I find it so easy to be myself, uh, and it's really quite liberating because I just, I it's nice because this is my the project that feels, uh, out of everything I've done in my mm. career as a as a performer, mm. you know this one is the m- probably the most sincere I've ever been, and it's mm. also the the most well received, and so I think that that's there's something really validating about
2: that. Of course. Especially <clears throat> because when you are a performer, you want to do all those things and yeah. make sure that that creativity is really embraced. Totally. But then how did you... What What made you decide, like, this is... I want to do this forever. Because when you perform when you're young, it might be informed by your family, your parents. Right, but what, of course. But what... Sh- was there a show or an artist where you were like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do?
0: I think for me it was just since I was very little I knew I wanted to be a performer I was Mm. immediately drawn to you know uh, I really was I was the kind of kid that was very very um, uh, drawn in Mm. by film Uh, I can remember being you know really deeply obsessed with certain films and uh, like loving. what? Uh, the, I used to watch The Wizard of Oz every day. Oh. I thought it was I thought it was the most, and I still think it's one of the most incredible films. I mean, it. I just
2: It's so loaded I, with so, so cr- much yeah. the messaging. I just think I was
0: really drawn to bold storytelling mm. and, you know uh, kind of colourful and rich mm. you know, uh, stories and tales and I think that's what I loved about you know, westerns and mm. cowboys and and then uh, you know and that's probably what I what I really loved about country music from when I was quite little is that yeah. I you know it's uh, no matter who you who you pick in country mm. music whether it's you know old country new mm. country outlaw country it's all very bold and dramatic and you know the storytelling is really rich but it mm. all has this kind of level of it runs with this level of sincerity mm. and I think that combination of things is kind of. That's like the crossroads that I, I find art to be really interesting, like something that is artistic mm. and deliberate and, you know, evocative, but also mm. something that is just really pure and simple and... Honest, I guess, you know. Because there
2: is that subversive streak almost to what you do because it is country music and then having the, you know, being gay and being very open in country music. It's Mm -hmm. something that is, you know, we've never really seen that. Or at least we've seen it, but the person really might not have been too comfortable. Right. I think that the narrative was there. But because you've embraced so much of who you are, I think that that's why people have really just kind of fallen in love you know and i think that that's something as you said that you talk about grace jones and bowie and all these artists that there was that intention then deliberate which i love that word how how then do you go from being this person to perhaps looking into other ways that you can grow because it sounds like for the type of person you are you might be a little bit too pit- like if you get too much in a box, you're gonna yeah <laughs> just, exactly just explode.
0: <clears throat> I think you know it's uh, it's funny because I've already started working on my next album and mm. uh, it's just still easy for me to write and you know it f- uh, the uh, first and foremost I'm uh, you know I, I love songwriting and uh, uh, I just genuinely find it very um, rewarding to mm. write from like a, an honest kind of place and to m- kind of combine sincerity with creativity and I think. Mm. I'll just continue to do that, and if that evolves, you know what what I'm doing now. If that mm. evolves into something else or into some other territory, I mean that might be the case, but mm. I think I'll always be, you know, I'll always at least consider myself a country western star, <laughs> and probably just. But still your voice is so
2: well suited, and also because <clears> we, uh, there's nothing really like it out now, which I yeah. think even you did a cover, and the crowd went nuts. You, they might not have known who the artists were that you were covering. Right. But also your band is so tight. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my God, I'm so glad I saw you today before, you know, just before. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because it was so, mm-hmm. it was so moving to see something like that. But so what was, on the show, we always talk about the first show that you ever saw. What mm-hmm. was the first concert that you ever experienced? Do you Well, remember I would have it? been
0: with my parents for the yeah. very first one. And I think it was probably... I mean, it probably would have been something like Sting or something like that, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was something like that. And then I think uh, one of the first concerts I went to <clears throat> on my own when mm-hmm. I was older was I went and saw The Prodigy.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, they <laughs> are was, fucking uh, unbelievable live. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and that was, you know, obviously like in the, in the 90s mm. and... Um, I'm trying to remember who else played that show. I think it was Skunk and Nancy. Oh. Uh, it was that kind of a vibe. I yeah. Love
2: Skunk and Nancy. <laughs> I mean, that was like. From You're my like the only skin. person I've
0: ever known who's known who that is. Full
2: <laughs> well, skin. I mean, she was just like huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was so big, and I think that that whole like Euro rave scene yeah, yeah, was yeah. so good for us when yeah. we were younger because totally. it was like, who can I be? Well, who, I think it
0: really kind of, like, encouraged the kind of weirdo in everyone, you know. It just felt very
2: Well, look, she, was, she had no hair. Yeah, exactly. She was a woman of color. Wearing crazy, and was, like,
0: combat boots. And, it you know, was not like, known to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, she, is
2: she still around?
0: I think so, actually. Oh, my God.
2: Can you imagine seeing <laughs> I know, her really now? <laughs> Hit Can you imagine performing with her? Yeah, completely. <laughs> Doing, like, a country <laughs> dude. <do.
0: laughs> ah, very cool.
2: Um, so that was your first. But what was the show, then, that made you go, This is this is who I this is what I want to do. You or know, maybe I just, a performer. Was yeah. I just, who I think you? it
0: was really, uh, when I was really little, I mean, I would just, I would play, <clears throat> uh, you know, albums of my parents or mm. I have two older brothers, you know, I'd play their albums and I would just sing along to them and kind of perform them in my bedroom. And, uh, you know, anything from, you know, like Aerosmith to <laughs> Nirvana mm. to, you know, Dolly Parton. I mean, just all kinds of mm. things. Uh, And I think I just always knew I wanted to be a performer. And then, you know, I got into like acting and singing and dancing. And I trained as a ballet dancer and
2: did did dance
0: for a long time. Yeah. Uh, That's a
2: completely different medium because it teaches you.
0: Well, I think it really taught me. I mean, people always ask about, you know, how it's like, how how I can handle it being so like hot and sweaty under my mask and I just yeah. like laugh because I feel like ballet
2: dancers have I to feel deal like, with much worse oh my
0: god I mean just like <laughs> I would go home and you know you're like you take your shoes off and there's just like blood in your shoes yeah. you know what I mean that's just the and life and everything of is of
2: aching exactly wow so I did it from like 3 till 17 yeah as you can see, I stopped <laughs> because uh, yeah. it just wasn't right for me. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there was there's something... Weirdly, I was talking to my husband about it the other day, how like I would love for my future children to do it because ballet taught me... so. I was just a fucking wild, oh, crazy yeah. child and it taught me to really calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It taught me patience.
0: Completely. I mean, just like, I think there's no other kind of you know and i mean discipline not in a in a weird way i mean it like yeah. just in, as an art form you know it's it is the most probably the mm. most disciplined art form and i it definitely taught me a lot. I mean, I feel like I paid my dues for many years doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What right. do you feel? How different do you feel than being a performer and just singing? Is there sometimes where you just want to have a routine? Because I can see it's, like, starting. Mm-hmm. I can see it potentially <clears throat> happening. Maybe if there's, like, another collaborator on stage. But do you think you'd ever go that far with this project? Because it sounds <clears throat> like you probably have I, multiple. Yeah,
0: I've got some, some ideas in the works for things that are kind of expanded off of this. But mm-hmm. I think... Uh as far as like, you know, the music side of things, I kinda like I have learned to really accept chaos <laughs> into my life. And maybe that's me rebelling against growing up like <laughs> yeah, a dancer, you know. Yeah. But uh I really um for many years now I've 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 really recognized that there's so much potential mm. in uh not being able to know how everything's gonna go. Kind of like how I spoke about the festival stuff going mm. like like uh today. Just uh I think some kind of really magical stuff happens when you're trying hardest not to not for anything to go wrong or you don't know what's going to happen mm. you know i think that's where there's a lot of potential for creativity
2: yeah and do you feel that this is something especially with performing do you feel like there was some like you just wish there was something that someone told you before you started especially this particular project of yours Is there something that you wish you heard before?
0: I mean, it sounds quite cliche or maybe flippant, but honestly, Mm. to be yourself. I mean, I Mm. think I spent so, you know, working professionally for many years of my life, um, trying to figure out what the secret was to Mm. success, (laughs) I guess, you know, trying to figure out what people were looking for in me and trying to kind of work towards that or, or change things about myself to come across mm. a certain way or, you know. And I think the most valuable thing I ever learned, which thankfully was a, a little bit ago now, mm. um, was that, you know, the best part of yourself is just yourself. And I think people really fall in love and, you know, mm. get tr- uh, no one, you know, like people can smell inauthenticity like a mile <laughs> totally. away, you know. yeah. And we all know it. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes really difficult to be yourself, but I think I've thankfully found a place where I'm just so, I think it's maybe I'm just tired and it's just like, it's just too, it's just <laughs> relieving to be myself, you know? But
2: it's true, <laughs> especially when you're being so creative all the time and you're having to be this persona as on top of all of it and also keep your integrity and make sure that you're doing mm-hmm. the right thing for yourself.
0: Of course, But obviously yeah. in the
2: biz, it's so difficult because yeah. there's so many people who are, trying to fake it which we get i get because you got to do it to get somewhere but it's tough so what do you feel why are you well suited to be a musician
0: i mean i think i i just don't know anything else other than being creative (laughs) i guess you know i I mean i really it's just it sounds maybe silly but no uh, not at all you know i I took a break from music for about six years before i started writing this album Mm. uh and doing this um and I wasn't sure I was going to go back to music. I mm. had played in a band and we broke up and I was quite jaded about it. And mm. I went back to focus on acting and I went to move to London. I did a West End play and I just kind of yeah. to focus on that again. Mm. And then I, <clears throat> I met someone who kind of didn't know anything about my musical past. And then one day I was kind of telling them about it and they were really shocked. And I was showing them all this stuff and they were like, well, I can't believe you don't do this anymore. Mm. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought to myself, yeah, Keanu, I don't know, I can't believe I don't do it anymore either, really, mm. because I really miss it. And I think I really, I realized how much I missed creating my own art and creating my own work. Mm. Um, and so I, I kind of knew then I'd always wanted to make country music. It had always been something I wanted to do, and I never knew how I was going to mm. go about it. And I just kind of said, like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. So, and
2: lastly, because we have to wrap up now, but how has the fan interaction been? Because, again, you stand for things that people are so afraid of in themselves. Luckily, we're in 2019, but we've got a lot more work to do. Yeah. So how's the communication between you and your fans been?
0: You know, it's really incredible because I think on one hand, it's incredible to see the kind of validation Mm. or... Acceptance or inspiration it evokes in other people, which of course is insanely flattering and moving for me, Uh, and especially when that's you know queer people or people of color or people who feel marginalized in any way. Mm. I mean, it doesn't even have to fall into a category. Mm. I think anybody who maybe feels on the outside of things or feels like something like country music as a big banner stands for you know kind of this conservative elite group mm. of people that are very unwelcoming so I think if I can be a gateway for people in that sense it's that's really honoring for mm. me and uh, really moving for me of course mm. so on one hand there's a lot of that which I never get tired of and it makes me very very emotional mm. <laughs> and then on you know on the complete other hand is something that's <clears throat> actually interesting because it's something mm. that's very inspiring to me and very validating to me and actually very moving. Mm on for me to see you know I get a lot of fans at my shows that are just like straight white males who are country music fans
2: yes and you know
0: (laughs) they are typically someone that even I maybe think wouldn't necessarily be Mm. even down to you know talk to a gay guy or 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 Mm. and they're like you know some of my biggest fans and they have tattoos of me and they're saying oh my god you know I mean that's like (laughs) a pretty
2: have you um, seen these yeah oh yeah
0: it's crazy I mean (laughs)
2: that's so cool I'll
0: never forget there was this show we played I think we were in Boston which Mm. is a pretty like rough city yeah it's like pretty like macho place (laughs) and there was this group of like maybe four girls Mm -hmm. with all these like big like kind of hench guys yeah and uh all of them were wearing t-shirts as soon as the show started and someone was telling me, I think my tour manager or someone was like, Oh, you know, there's these like these very like voracious fans out there. And I was like looking and I was like, Oh, those girls probably like are like obsessed and they yeah, dragged bought, their boyfriends yeah. with them. And I'm like, Oh, their boyfriends are going to be miserable, you know? And then after the show I usually stand at the merch table to kind of meet people a little bit yeah. and, stuff. Oh, good. and they were all in line. And then the girl, one of the girls came up and I was like, hi. And she said, So it's my boyfriend. You're his absolute favorite (gasps) artist, and he's brought all of us out. Oh my gosh!
2: Wow! And he's
0: too shy to come up, but he really wants to come up. And so we brought him up. And I mean, this guy was like shaking, and like hugging me, and just being like, "I love your music so much." And I mean, that's so you know, quite. It's quite a full circle, lovely Mm. thing for me as well, because, you know, I haven't always felt like I had a place and I've, Mm. I've felt quite marginalized and ostracized for most of my life. And so even to be writing music about those things and kind of, that's kind of what a lot of the themes on my album are about to Mm. kind of have those experiences are really, really touching for me as well. And I think it just speaks to the, you know, the connectability of, of music or mm. art and so it's
2: absolutely yeah. that's so wonderful I especially <laughs> because like as you said even you judge that moment of
0: course i mean i'm guilty of it as yeah. well you know and it's like it's 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 something it's i think it's it's cathartic for like everybody mm. involved basically which yeah is really
2: but but your music feels like that so it matches well oh. things. well thank you so much for your time <laughs> of course it was thank really you. wonderful chatting thank and. You. Yeah, good luck for later. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. So we we're in this weird tent area.
1: This is my life now. It's just being in weird <laughs> tent areas.
2: Where? Where did you? When did you come? When did you get in?
1: Two days ago.
2: Oh my God! You've been here
1: for we two days. We had two days off, and I loved Are it. Are you relaxed? Uh, yes. Yeah, You're very. Pretty yeah, chill. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Yeah, because well, I've like I recently had a daughter. And um did. Yeah.
2: Congratulations. Thank
1: you very much. As we say um, in the
2: hood, mazel tov.
1: Mazel tov. Yeah. Wait,
2: Liam's calling me. Oh, okay. Don't well, worry about your your manager is calling me.
1: He he likes to call people. Yeah. He's <laughs> Shut a very up, Liam. He's, he's a very He's a very good, she's man. She's a talkie. So yes, so you have a daughter. What it means is, yeah, um, and I try and when I go home, I try and catch up and be a good father, but it's hard because my wife is unbelievably good at it, and I don't know what I'm doing. How
2: do you, but how does anybody know what they're doing? How how are you? Well, I guess with
1: practice. And yeah. she, she unfortunately has no option but to constantly <laughs> practice being a mum. So so yeah. So, 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 so she's w- a
2: full full time stay at her mum.
1: At the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It is good, yeah. I mean, she's going to go back to nursing at the end of her term. Of maternity leave.
2: Yes. Um, But yeah,
1: it's like, I find it very stressful. So at the moment, if I get an opportunity to do fuck all, I will do exactly that. Um, Wait, what so, do you
2: find stressful? Just the whole concept just, of not knowing I'm, what you're doing or the actual? Yeah,
1: thing? no, the concept. I'm not yeah. very good at not being good at something. Is <laughs> it like, I get like, you know, I'll start a sport <laughs> and then be like, I'm rubbish at this, I'm done. <laughs> but with fatherhood, I can't be like, I'm rubbish at this, I'm done. Yeah. So I'm just learning. But I don't I haven't had much time at home. I
2: mean, you can say you're done, but you're not. I'd never do dad.
1: that. No, it I mean. doesn't seem like you are. No. No, I'm not a deadbeat dad. I'm not the best What if it is a deadbeat
2: dad? I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. I think from. a
1: deadbeat dad is someone um, that uh, doesn't care about the mother or the child.
2: Right, or their responsibilities. But I
1: mean, there's lots of ways in which we make mistakes as men. And um, I think it's good to remind people that it's all a very steep learning curve and there's no right or wrong in parenthood just you know don't injure or kill your children
2: (laughs) or burn them or boil them well yeah
1: but i mean that you can do that yeah well i mean it depends how (laughs) naughty they are (laughs) can you imagine the headline don't do that
2: joe wants to boil
1: yeah (laughs) joe cook's child
2: but so when you have time off so what did you do because obviously depending on where you are what do you do
1: so two days off in oslo like it was very rare um I would rather have just gone home.
2: Yeah, um, of course. But the
1: the flights weren't there for this gap, so it was like, or well, you know, I wouldn't have got a good time at home. So yeah,
2: because you knew you wouldn't have known you'd yeah. have such a rush time.
1: So I just we we went out and about, walked about Oslo, got to see the sites. I wanted to see well. The boys wanted to see, it. and then by proxy, I did as well. Wanted to see. You're raising
2: old... your eyebrows.
1: Yeah, well, it's because I don't want to lie and be like, yeah, yeah, it's my idea. It wasn't my <laughs> idea. I, I'm, my wife's always like, you oh, know, we should try Fiona. to do this walk. And I'm like, mm.
2: wait, are I, you lazy?
1: No, 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 no. I just, <laughs> I'm kidding. I find like walking, I'd rather yes. be chasing a ball or be chased. So there
2: needs to be an agenda. Yeah, walking, okay.
1: going for a walk just yeah, sounds like, it's
2: too open-ended. should we go
1: from A to B? Well, what's at B? Nothing's at B. Then you go back to A. Yeah. Why? Well, it's just nice, isn't it? No. I've got loads of work to do. Um, But I'm getting used to it. And I actually quite enjoy walks now.
2: I mean, especially in terms of, like, because you are so creative within what you're doing for a living and then if you step out of that you need to stoke that fire in some way so walking weirdly because it's grounding physically grounding yeah it allows you to take that moment which is i think something that a lot of people don't really get the chance to do they think that to be good at something means to really push at it constantly Uh, but i think the time away
1: rest is always best yeah um it's good to um have a balance you can't force yourself to be creative no. ideas come when you're more, more in tune with your own rhythms i think Forcing Is that how it like, happens you know, for you yeah yeah so i like I, I with the first album and, and a lot of the second album yeah i was i was traveling about a lot i was um i was living in newport and working in bristol looking after my my old dear in newport mm. um, so I was on the train a lot. So that was a good opportunity to just sit there and be. Right. It's quite a cathartic thing to just be taken somewhere. Um, but now I'm a car owner, so. That, uh, <laughs> um, well, at least
2: you get to your A to B with it. You know, you know exactly oh, yeah. where you have to go. You exactly. can't just drive aimlessly. <laughs>
1: but yeah. So I, I, I'm now I'm, I'm in a I'm in a interim period of writing the mm. third album where I. I find myself overthinking the writing process, and that, yeah. that's never good. So no. I'm, I'm just trying a, to learn that at the moment. But there trying.
2: isn't a good or bad, I suppose, because what if overthinking is the exact thing that will snap you back into potentially writing something that's more honest?
1: Yeah, normally what I do is I overthink, and then I realise I'm overthinking,
2: <laughs> and then you start pull I, back. Yeah. So where do you need? What do you need in order to write? What are the things and tools that you need to make you feel comfy? I don't know. Is that a weird question? Maybe. Well,
1: no, no, no. Because if there's a lot of um, writers, especially, that have creature comforts, you know, mm. like Dylan Thomas's writing Shed. Yeah.
2: There's,
1: there's a lot of, a lot, I looked at this like, the, like a Venn, not a Venn diagram, like a pie chart mm. of what lots of very successful people in history's day looked like. And it was mm. very regimented and ritualistic, you know, they go up, mm. they get, a lot of them went for a walk in the morning. A lot.
2: Yeah, before checking your freaking phone. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm not a phone person really. I haven't got my yeah. phone. I should do because my wife might. be <laughs> me. But um, no. Well, yeah. You I, I hate, soon. You yeah. have an excuse. Yeah. 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 I just. Yeah.
2: But is it is it being on call that kind of stresses you out in terms of being close to a phone, or is it just because you need no, your just, space? You know
1: when you like. Yeah. No, like space. You're is, looking
2: down at my phone.
1: Yeah. I I hate. I hate the internet and everything about it. I can hear you. Yeah. I
2: can hear you.
1: Fuck you internet.
2: <laughs> How are those people with Alexa? I'm living in I've Chicago now. Oh, what do you what do you mean? But they can follow you. They know all the well, they oh know no. everything.
1: <laughs> well, like Google heard me masturbating in the kitchen. Like, what's wrong with that? Well, you masturbate get...
2: in the kitchen.
1: No, I don't. But I, that's where my Wouldn't Alexa would be is. a bad place. <laughs> So we got an Alexa, and every morning I get up with my daughter, and I put her in this like weird phone chair. Yes. And then we listen to soul music, and I dance with her. And
2: but that's that. Okay, so if you're using it for that reason, but sometimes I was at a dinner the other night, and this random dude that was there just yep. goes, "Alexa, play Red Hot Chili Peppers" or something like that.
1: And then and hopefully I... <laughs> you kicked him out of the house for asking I for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thank, thank God I wasn't. <laughs>
2: In my I'm house, because no one would dare cross the threshold who likes Red Hot Chili Peppers. Can you imagine? I like wanted Red Hot Chili Peppers like, on the podcast in the future, and they're like, You said so much shit about me.
1: Well, do you know what? <sighs> what a pity. If I if I didn't get involved <laughs> with people that thought ill of me or our music, <laughs> I wouldn't have you much wouldn't avenue. Have any friends. It's fine. It's good to not be liked because That's it means true. you're doing something that makes people think or feel yeah. something. Yeah. You know I mean
2: that's a good attitude to have do you have yeah, that like, towards criticism in general
1: yeah I mean it depends like we've been I've been personally attacked by other artists um, telling the world yeah like publicly telling oh. the world what my intentions are and stuff oh and like that annoys me because they they don't know what they're talking about and it's often nonsense yeah and uh, like but
2: wait so they say that you aren't they question your authenticity yeah because
1: is... it's you know like oh you know how patronizing is it to be like Joy is an act of resistance. It's like, well yeah, yeah, obviously. But the shit I've been through in my life yeah. it, Like I'm allowed to explore the avenue Absolutely. of grieving in a productive, mindful way. Right. And then put that onto our audience in a way where it's inclusive and we can celebrate pain and, they can and loss. Um yeah. and they've read it as something completely different, probably because they're, you know, quite shallow dickheads. Um but like, my, my point is that uh, criticism yes. when it's like, you know, like, someone doesn't like our music. But it's, it's different from a
2: peer, I think, when it's, because especially with punk.
1: Well, it's punk just publicly scene... slating you right. for shit that isn't yeah. true. It's just annoying. Yeah. You just want to put a head through a window, but you can't because you made an album Why called Joy <laughs> and An <it's> The Resistance. <laughs>
2: Why um, can't you, Jesus, that's just sounding like a witch. I'm cackling. Why can't you just literally message them and say, mate, what's what's your deal? Cause,
1: cause because I get, you know I they're get, doing it. Yeah, either
2: they're not in the tabloids enough and they want to be, so they're doing it to get in a there. That's what a lot of
1: people said. But or like, they're
2: doing it just to really get under your skin.
1: I don't know. Either way, it's important for me that like, I go through the processes of going, well, that's their opinion, Yeah, man
2: but to be in this I know, that's fine yeah. like you
1: know but when they say it in the public sphere it's just other people read it and some people will be like yeah yeah idols are just pretentious middle class right. twats who don't care mm. you know all this like kind so of so it can um, really
2: impact them yeah. Yeah, but
1: then but then you just think, actually no, we we just we're we writing really good music. I believe everything I say and I, I I've wrote about, I I write about the same things mm-hmm. my whole career as a musician. Mm-hmm. I haven't changed my subject matter, I've changed my tone and my mm-hmm. voice because I realised it didn't suit me. And right. now, you know, like I'm in a place where I've found my voice, I enjoy my voice, and I talk about the same shit and I'm not gonna apologise for it. And that's the point like my my wife phoned me yesterday she mm. was really upset by someone's comment they made about her, and I was like, "You can only be the product of what you do and what you think, not what absolutely. someone else thinks absolutely they can, you can be a product of what someone else does if they cut your arm off that's the product of right,
2: their. and different but, people impact you differently, of course yeah,
1: but someone's opinion is mm. their opinion, but like you know i I don't like loads of amazing i I hate Pink Floyd doesn't mean they're a bad band. It's fine to not like stuff, I'm just not gonna waste my energy Going on the internet Slagging being people like,
2: off. Pink yeah. full of rubbish. No one should listen to Pink Floyd.
1: It's like, no one cares, man. Just shut up.
2: Yeah, you like what you like. And it could change as well. Don't you feel like the music that informed who you were when you were younger, it shifted? Yeah, you I go like the red hot chili peppers, <laughs>
1: peppers back in the day. Yeah, like you know, Anthony um,
2: Kedis. What's that other guy's name? Flea. Flea His yeah. literal name is Flea. No. I mean, have you seen,
1: great the, though. Have you seen the VHS tape <laughs> of Flea playing bass with River Phoenix? No. It's very.
2: What do you? you born? Dark. I feel like we're born in the same
1: 34 T- wait 8, 85 84
2: oh so you're 35 this year
1: I am very soon when yeah.
2: are you when's your birthday
1: August I'm not gonna ask 23rd of August
2: you. oh really you're yes. a Leo that's so soon that's I'm a, a Leo
1: nice Virgo cusp thanks for asking
2: um, pleasure is your sun rising <laughs> or your moon a waning
1: gibboose? Uh yeah all of that, As <laughs> I, that I was I just saying, I was that. saying that I was just saying my moon is rising <laughs> it's all aligning this week um, so, okay. like, like, for me, it's all been a big process of, of um, learning to accept that you're not going to be loved by everyone. Mm. I think it's important but to just... But that's very
2: hard to do. It's easy to say. It's very difficult to do, especially when you believe. Uh,
1: but then you, you look at, like, your, it's, it's joy is an act of resistance. Mm. It's not... It's enjoying what you have that you love and enjoying the people that you love and mm. enjoy like it's finding a voice of positivity mm. but also accepting all, all the stuff you carry that's awful like i'm not i'm not a good person i've done a lot of bad things in my life okay and i've never hidden that i like you know mm. I, I was a real piece of shit and like I'm not like oh, I'm a really nice person now. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'm still all of the things I used to be. Okay, I'm just learning to not make those mistakes ever yes. again. Yes,
2: there's and that's obviously what all patterns. This process,
1: yeah, so part of that is not allowing some asshole mm. to make me feel less of a person because they don't get my music. It doesn't mean they know me as a person. It just well, it means they don't get... In. Well, it can't seep in.
2: It can't because especially considering that this is a long-term thing for you, if you ever had to get, let it you know, seep into your psyche and or your creative process... I'd have to
1: get it out with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just go around there, like. so I can't do that. So I'm just going to ignore but it. But
2: you could also have a gentle conversation
1: yeah no I've done that
2: oh you have yeah of course and it's carried on
1: not with them okay good I don't want to talk to them because like I don't know them I'm not interested in their opinion but it it upsets me so I talk to people I care about not so that they pat me on the back and go no your music's great yeah like
2: yeah, to just talk
1: about the processes of of why why it affects me of course Um, and that's that's a really good thing, and it's made me a made me a lot stronger. Willed
2: What makes you well suited to being? This might sound like a weird question, but what makes you well suited to being a musician?
1: I'm so. an arrogant, swine. That's why. <laughs> I
2: don't know. No. Uh, I don't think so. No, I like. I think you. I think you are I'm, much mushier inside than you
1: put on. Oh yeah, I'm a so, no, <laughs> You're yeah, softy. Yeah, 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 but that's not that's not well <laughs> hidden. <laughs> I'm crying That's all the true. time. I'm like, everything's amazing. <laughs> yes. I'm always like, I'm this really like, um, oh, I've forgotten the word, but you know, like everything's just the best. I'm, yes. I like this is the Optimistic. Best thing I've ever had. Yeah, well, or yeah.
2: realistic.
1: I'm an optimist. Yeah. But um, don't you
2: you need that in performance, especially considering the
1: I mean, type y-
2: of music you make? Being
1: in idols for 12 years, you need to be an optimist. If, mm. uh, like, playing to 10 people for like eight years, and be like, well, you just wait. T- did them. you
2: did you really play for ten people for eight years?
1: I mean, for for <laughs> six years. I mean, there was. Do you
2: remember your first concert, your first show that you ever performed?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was, it, was it? It was so- at the Golden Lion Pub on Gloucester Road, <laughs> in Bristol.
2: Amazing.
1: It was where Dev, Our bassist, lived, above and worked as a manager,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it was our first gig. And
2: do you remember how you felt going I was into terrified.
1: it? Terrified. I I vomited just before going on. <laughs>
2: Do, is that a ritual that you have, or no, have you cut no. that up?
1: That was the only time. I don't really get nervous either. You but
2: don't. yeah, No.
1: But like we were ignored. We've been ignored. We're even ignored now. Like I don't um,
2: think so. They, by, oh, by, he it, just put it, his finger.
1: Di- it, sorry, I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I did something very very um, no, misogynistic I like no no
2: no, no i love this it. is my point in, uh, i used to live in tel aviv for a little while and oh, they wow. do this which okay. is basically when somebody like how do i describe it when you take or you clench all your five fingers together into like a little squish yeah and they go like "Rakrega," which means like hang on a second it just rega. means i'm not done with my idea right. so that doesn't don't worry
1: all right i like that you're
2: good here yes
1: um so
2: the first, I've it. the first show.
1: Oh yeah, but yeah. No, so it's we we have been We are now being ignored by you know a lot of people that wouldn't ignore us if we were uh, a glossier pop band or younger band. Or so like is, but it's fine. It's, it's we but, we always we always work towards the right. idea that we are the underdog. Obviously now it's different. You know mm. we, we're selling shows out and we mm. love it. We it's our career and it's a beautiful gift. Um, but it 's always good to to focus on how you can improve and build your audience and create a stronger tie from your art to your reader. Yeah and so that means getting through because you know the the people that are in our camp are people that have similar mindsets. They what I, I want right. to do is is kind of pierce the bullshit, the populace, mm. the people that are like stuck. In a cycle of rubbish music and rubbish television and mm. rubbish films, and try and be- m- get an audience to be more active again and think more and 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 be more uh, of uh, of an active participant yeah. in in a dialogue between the artist and the reader, which is so easy to do and it's so much more rewarding for the audience when they 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 they, f- they have a more active role in what they're doing instead of just sitting there watching.
2: Of course you want to be Crap. active but the genre kind of relies on the connection. I yeah, feel like yeah, punk yeah. relies on connection. Yeah. So do you ever feel like that is a little bit weighted in knowing that there's people that are going to be seeing you waiting for that mo- emotion to come out knowing that you have to deliver every time? Yeah,
1: but I want the same thing. Okay. I want that connection. I don't like, you know, I'm not I feel it like it's not a performance in a sense. I perform the songs, but I don't perform my feeling. Right. I go out there and I want I want them i want that interaction so
2: what's the it's, craziest it's ever been
1: we're not like you, you'd be surprised at how normal our shows are. Like, <laughs> oh we had a guy in a wheelchair yeah on the crowd crowd surfing for like the whole gig in toronto <laughs> oh they were. i was like these poor bastards are Where holding did that guy happen? Up. um in toronto at the Danforth fourth music okay Board. it was great
2: that's unbelievable, especially That's it. because it's, with it. wheelchair access, they put them right at the back, yeah. and then everybody stands in front of them. Well,
1: you can't do that with this yeah. venue because it's one big slope, so oh. he probably standing at the front <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like he didn't have a choice; he didn't want to be crowd-surfed. He was just, he was just there. He was a victim. <laughs> No, he was definitely that's not funny. a victim. He fucking loved no, it.
2: No, that look, that that must have also visually looked incredible.
1: Yeah, it was just a beautiful thing, and it was just very cool. That, like you know, you don't normally get people that stay up for the, for a long time. This yeah. guy, this guy was up for a <laughs> no. long time in his wheelchair. That was just like was <laughs> best a striking best image. seat in the
2: house. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. But yeah. so,
2: what do you? What was the first concert that you ever went to? Because on the show, I usually chat about a bunch of different things, but that's I always ask everybody what their first gig was.
1: It was um, DJ Luck and MC Neat, I think, at the timepiece in Exeter, or it might have been Ugly Duckling. I can't remember which was first. Okay, but I remember borrowing my mum's gold chain for the DJ Luck and MC (laughs) Neat gig to look hard. Didn't because
2: obviously you had to fill the part a like, gold chain.
1: Yeah, it was my first like garage <laughs> show, and I just I was expecting there to be loads of guns and stuff, but it, it turns out it was the same people <laughs> I saw every week in XR. Um So you
2: were just the mag with the gold neck.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right.
2: Um, when was that moment that you thought this is exactly what I want to do? How many avenues had you pursued <coughs> before that to figure out that that wasn't? all those things weren't what you wanted to pursue how did you make sure that you were choosing the right path and what was the calling
1: there was no ifs about it really what happened was I listened to music and I loved music all my life but I always saw it as this like unreachable thing that Mm. I could get involved with it's just something that I enjoy and then I started DJing and then I realised that I wanted to make music Mm. and I will do whatever I can to do that Um, Before that, I was just drinking and doing drugs. Did nothing productive Mm. with my life. I was just a very angry, desolate human being. Mm. And then I found something that I enjoyed and that was part of my language very quickly. And I could express myself and I felt part of something bigger than me. And that was it. Never stopped since 12 years ago.
2: So but you've Why did you Why did it take so long To then make all the albums What was the Because we were terrible (laughs) Why did you get How did you get better
1: Practice Just practice We practiced We, We practiced For three hours Three times a week And one day Was six hours a week Every week For a long time
2: was that to... What was the specific, specific thing that you needed to get? Was it working together? Writing,
1: playing songs. Yeah. We, did, we weren't like, right, well, we need to get better. It was that we, we knew we needed to get better. Mm. So we went in the room all the time and played together and just mm. tried to write songs. And they we knew they weren't very good because our taste in music aligned. Mm. Those five of us are like very different things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because of that, you know what is amazing, that you all love, that, you know, and you're just like well, is this is this as good as Radiohead absolutely not <laughs> it's fucking terrible is that your
2: favourite band
1: oh uh, it's one of my favourite bands yeah obviously I don't think now that we're as good as Radiohead still but that's the point you have these barom- you have a barometer of what you think is which amazing. is healthy
2: of course to give you something and then lastly um mm. What is something that you wish someone told you before you got into the business? What is something that you wish someone... Or maybe something that you wish you just knew?
1: Before I got into the business. Okay, the that's a good question. Business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't know. It's a good question. Thanks. Um, like, I think the, the, the best way to describe it is that, like, Malcolm McLaren said, if you are joining a scene you're too late. I think that's the key, is that you don't join other people's narratives. You Mm. create your own narrative, you create your own party, and you don't invite anyone. You just play, and you get better. And don't worry about the invites. People will show up. It's like a lock-in. You pull the curtains and you have a good time. After a while, people start knocking on the door. I think don't wait for the industry to catch up. Mm. Don't worry about get, getting people f- to come to your shows to see you, just be amazing. And obviously you need to work, work the, the bullshit at some point and try and yeah. figure out a way of getting a mm. booking agent, a manager and all that stuff. And, but really, if you're not loving what you're doing and you're not fl- fl- getting to a point Mm-mm. of being fluid and fluent in your own language, then it's just gonna, people are gonna see right through you on stage and I think um, you won't enjoy it as much. Yeah. But you just gotta keep your head down and work hard, that's it, and you'll get there.
2: Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. <laughs> What's your name? Hi. I'm far (laughs) Viltagen Where are you based? I'm based here in Oslo Oh, I've been chatting all day to different people about the difference between the Oslo music scene and the Bergen <laughs> music scene. <laughs> That's
4: funny. You talk um, to like music people, like the industry. Yeah. yeah.
2: And also, a lot of the bands were yeah. talking about the difference, which obviously there's a huge difference between Cape Town music scene and Johannesburg music scene, New York, LA. Like, it just happens that way, yeah. you know? So, do you feel like you have a community of people here that you can respect and trust? in Oslo I feel supported
4: yeah 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 and uh, I feel that we uh, like as the whole Norwegian music industry I feel that we are all connected I I'm not so much of a uh, south, mm. east, west, north kind of person, but it's very clear that there's a sound in out of the west, and there's a different sound out of the north,
2: okay. and a sound
4: out of the south, uh, which is cool. Yeah. But we all hang out and and love each other, yeah. and uh, we respect each other, help help each other out, and uh, Norway is such a small country, mm. so it would be weird to not. Like, yeah get to know each other support yeah it's very important to support one another and especially like people up and coming and uh, Mm. yeah i really appreciated the
2: norwegian music industry and the way of like yeah the feeling of support i mean that's really good to hear obviously because sometimes you hear those horror stories of like it's so competitive and yeah uh, that can really deter you away from the industry in general because Absolutely. local is so important. If you if you have fans locally, you can feel that boost. Yeah. In order to you know Absolutely. move overseas yeah. with your music, not physically. But so what do you? So when did you? When did this all start? When was that moment where you thought like, shit, this is what I want to do? <laughs> I never.
4: I never got to try anything else. (laughs) uh, When I was finished at high school Mm. I I played like my first show ever like one song at like a Christmas uh, party for my school. Yeah. And there was like a thousand people there and it was the first time ever and my mom and dad they didn't know that I wrote songs or played. They didn't? No. I was super secretive about the whole thing. Wow. So I kept it to myself. I, it felt so personal, mm. and I didn't want to sh- show it. Like I didn't like have a need to like express yeah. myself <laughs> in front of people. I, it was just my little secret in mm. a way of, uh, and just I just l- loved to write and uh, as a way of uh, reflecting mm. and thinking uh, to myself. And I was a lot alone because I liked it and enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and uh, <coughs> it just developed like into songs mm. and. Uh, and uh, when I played that show in high school, people came to me like after, and it, w- mm. and it was weird because uh, I to experience their faces because people were like crying and mm. in shock and like what the hell, mm. what? And there w- th- it was just like a massive response, like f- from never have done it any time in my life before. Mm. So it was kind of overwhelming, and I could tell that it, it meant something to people. And, like, I wrote, like, one more song, and one more song, and, and then I, I got, like, letters, and, like, all the way from the beginning that it meant something to yeah. people, which was very, like, encouraging. And, mm-hmm. I've, uh, and it kind of gave me a little boost to be a bit braver and try to, like, okay, okay, okay. You can do it. I, yeah. I, let's try. So I gathered a band, and we went in the studio, and it was just, I've never looked back since. I love how Mitsuki is like in
2: the background now. I know, <laughs> I'm so, so sad <laughs> missing it. We should have watched it. You want to watch it too? I mean we should she's nearly done now. I know. should we just
4: go? <laughs> we, we, can we, do, we can do we, it, can't but we can do get Yeah, but we can bring this and we can
2: chat on the way and we can see. I wish, I don't know how to do that. It's so far. Is it far? Yeah man, from here. To get all the way down there. No. But we will we'll be quick. But we can we can hold it. <laughs> Maybe it will be the gig of our life.
4: <laughs> oh no!
2: Don't say that. I already shot. I just took photos of her. Oh, I'm so sorry you missed it. I promise this is worth it. It's probably I'm not worth know. it. i doing it for you. <laughs>
4: god.
2: This feels terrible. Okay, well I just feels pay. terrible. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, this feels great. But I hope I get to see her another time. Oh my god! Don't say that. Because now what if you never see her? And it's. Your fault. <laughs> no, but,
4: but it's I was I was concept. almost about to like text and say, hey, can yeah, we postpone
2: later? Yeah, but I I wouldn't be unprofessional. I mean, you could have because I would have understood. How long is she playing for? Do you want to come? I actually checked before we. Started Did you? Oh talking. fuck! Why didn't you just tell me? Oh, fuck. <laughs> She's playing to. Uh, six. Thirty-five past six. No man, ten oh, minutes. All then ten minutes. Oh. Don't blame it on me It was your previous interview That took long Yeah I don't know know. (laughs) Anyway How much do we love Mitski? Should we talk about her? uh, What do you love about her? That she's I feel
4: like it, uh, it's uh, maybe it's just a thing that happened with more bands lately. Mm. I feel like becoming like bigger and bigger and I feel the most commercial thing right now is to just be yourself mm. almost. And mm. people love uh, bands and artists that come out and have like their own sound and mm. their own like way of uh, looking and telling their stories and, and that's really cool to me. I feel that she's really like her own thing mm. and like you know Bon Iver, and they're like so huge bands. Yeah. But they're just so very much themselves and and different and yeah. uh, not like what you see in commercial pop, where everything is the same. And I think that's very cool. That how be- do
2: you fit into that? How do you relate on a personal level, like as an artist? How do you relate to that? <laughs> a lot, I think. <laughs> I, uh, I,
4: it's 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 also difficult being different because. Mm. Uh, you You're not like part of a of this pop scene where everything goes very very fast. It's much like longer Mm. ride, but I enjoy that ride, and I would never have enjoyed like releasing a single and then bam playing Mm -hmm. Wembley. You know, it's about growing and growing with your music and uh, also growing as a live act. And I've been playing live for a couple of years now, Mm -hmm. and it's been so cool to like. I feel that we have like developed as a group. And also, like my writing is kind of formed after my experience mm. live. Like, what do we need in the set, or what do I want to say, or mm. like, all oh, these and these songs. How people are like, reacting? Yeah, they're too quiet in a festival. We can't do them because people yeah. will start to talk. Or so, <laughs> how do you form like the mm. perfect set list for like a club show or a summer show? And it's yeah. like two different worlds. And I really, I really hope that I. I'm a stayer, I hope so So I I feel that The slow
2: organic growth is a good thing I think so too, especially because Part of the journey is learning Right, I think that all the artists that I talk to That I really love, genuinely feel A connection to, Mm. are the ones that I know Put in the work And wanted to challenge themselves and change and i feel like she definitely does that yeah i mean she's like there's something so magnetic about how she performs and also how you hear the songs on the album yeah and that difference just kind of comes together when you are watching her i'm so sorry i feel so bad you'll see see her again what Oh my god, I feel terrible. This is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, but I think (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible. I feel like I've ripped something We are music lovers, though. Yes, well, of course. It shows. Yeah, I mean, I feel, especially because there's something about I want to cry and dance and laugh and feel uncomfy and feel great and think about my life i want all of that to happen within one set it's a lot to ask Mm. some artists give it to me um and obviously because i shoot as well i get to be just there's a different you connected on a different level Mm. so i write and then i'm able to see the facial expressions up close you know what i mean so there's such a connection to that yeah but was there anyone when you first started that you looked to as someone who you really thought wow that is a performer that i could i want to learn from them i want to see how they move how they act you know was there anyone like that for you i think my favorite
4: performer is maybe feist you know oh my god i love her yeah i covered her oh she's great She's uh, wearing a very pink dress. Yeah. She's I, super cool. I don't know if i ever want to meet her because I don't No, know you'll what die. I, 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 I know, I can't
2: say. either. Yeah.
4: Hello. <laughs> right. no, I would be such a
2: I would be sad for yeah. a week after like, I didn't get to say anything. Clever <laughs> clever. And uh so how she Is it how she writes That you connect with Or how she performs
4: Both I guess It's like like the whole package You just believe her In and in, in all her yeah. ways And she Especially it's cool To like see a girl Who plays guitar Like mm. she's not like That great technical guitarist But she has her skills And she just like do it She yeah. just hammers it really hard mm. Which is so cool And like on one string You know the dun 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 dun, 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 dun and she just means it you know Yeah. and that could be so lame or yeah. other like we, uh, if someone else played that Yeah. Like, tum, tum, yeah. Tum, you know and uh, and she is just so good with melodies and so mm. good with lyrics and just she sings so great plays mm. so great ha- always have a cool band and so cool arrangements mm. it's just always interesting to see her play and um was that one of... What was your first concert that you ever saw? I think it was... I think I ever saw, actually. Okay. Many years ago. Maybe, like, in 2013 yeah. or something, when she was out with Metals. Okay. And uh, at one point, I was, like, in the front row, because I, I went there, like, an hour earlier, and I just stood there as a fangirl. And I waited and waited and waited, and then they came on, and it was just like a great set. Yeah. And then at one point, she like tuned her guitar, and it was just like for one moment, it was just quiet, like the whole lawn, and the the band, everything. And in that moment, I I shouted. I love you (laughs) (laughs) really loud and the whole crowd started laughing and also the band and she got really like (laughs) uncomfortable, she was just like "Uh, Uh. (laughs) uh." and she didn't say anything so she just went to the mic and said next maybe song she <laughs> so maybe she didn't hear you I, she did oh, she, they laughed like it was because uh, it was just like really desperate because
2: yeah. I, like, d- well, I, I like shouted a from my gut yeah. yeah
4: because it was like a bit of noise right mm. before but and i was like no i'm doing it <laughs> and right when i just like hit hit it like oh, i love it it was just quiet it was so quiet so that was uh, luck in, uh, <laughs> I don't know It was uh, it was funny though
2: I also think that she, probably the type of person that she is She probably just Shy She's shy, but also I'm sure she really appreciated it I just like that everybody laughed at you Because I think if if it happened and you were on the other side of it I think you would have laughed too Yeah Come on
4: I would say, I love you too! (laughs)
2: Me too! (laughs) So what is the... how is your connection with your fans? How comfy are you? Because obviously starting out young, uh, not wanting to really show much of your music to your family, then going in front of people. How comfortable are you about having that separation between you and your fans?
4: oh i try to it's kind of always been kind of a goal Mm. for me from starting out to make that space from me to the audience as small as possible try to kind of forget that we are on stage and they're like in a room but that we are kind of on the same level Mm. and that we are equals and that we are kind of experiencing something together and for me it's a the band when they play good and we, when I play good it's nice but when, we, when when I feel that we are all a part of something mm. you know the roof can kind of lift a couple centimeters and you kind of feel that you're experiencing something almost like holy it's mm. a, religious to me and uh, and I feel that those are my like, favorite moments playing mm. live it's a, it's a total feeling of being together and yeah. doing something to, together and yeah. singing together
2: and it's just so huge so how did you how were you able then to take that and make sure that it didn't affect you you and change the way that you wrote music because sometimes when you write and then you go onto the stage and then you go back to writing mm. it can inf- you know it can affect you a little in a good way it in not a bad way just challenging absolutely so how how did you make sure that you were you kept
4: true to yourself it's difficult mm. and uh but uh, last time when I wrote my second album, I was like in a daze, like going and like, who am I writing for? Is it my fans? Yeah. Is it like people in the music industry who thinks difficult music is cool? Yeah. Or is it for the radio? Or uh, is it for festivals? Or There's is it so for much clubs? To consider. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? So I tried to just. I I went up in a cabin alone in the mountains and I was like, fine, let's write something fun. Like, yeah. L- let's try to write l- something that I enjoy to listen to or like uh, sound space mm. where I can live in and be in and be comfortable in and just try to write for myself and mm. and then I go on stage and I feel like I have a connection with my audience like in talking and we talk after the shows and I go down and I speak with them and and like in the merch uh, section, I, I so always like there. go and I do it myself and talk to them. Wow! And sometimes it takes hours, but yeah, but it's But you've had a good
2: experience me. with that? Yeah, yeah.
4: I get really tired, but yeah, it's also it's a it's a it's a privilege to do what I do, and it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of get reminded of it when you meet like young, especially maybe girls who like want to play guitar or want to play instruments and they stand there with lights in their eyes like small like you know like (laughs) small animals with like big eyes (laughs) who look up like puppies
2: Yes, (coughs) but they're so sweet I suppose the society has never taught us that you know we can go for the things that we Want to go for Or at least there's always been barriers As opposed to in comparison to men Mm. So I suppose that when they're watching you They feel like anything is possible Whether it's for themselves Or for their peers So that's incredible That you get to go and talk to them And that you don't feel uncomfy Because I know that it's quite You know, sometimes you it's not that it's bad, but sometimes meeting fans, it makes it so real. Yeah. And I'm scary. sure in a way you want to keep it also the fantasy there too. Absolutely. Good point. And, uh, but I
4: try to do that in, in other ways, mm. I guess. But also like, it's a, it's a part of the yeah connection that I want to, Make, but it's a, it's a difficult line to kind of mm. not be too much of like, I'm your yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah, too in your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, like, a bit like this is, yeah, try to make a magical space and room and where, where you forget time and where you are and mm. all your problems and you just can dive into the sound and be there for a while and mm. get like a hug from me musically.
2: <laughs> But it's true. That, that was beautiful. <laughs> so poetic. But I think that also when fans, when they meet their idols or that you know, they see you as you're on this pedestal. So they see you so separate. And then when they do get to meet you, they realize how relatable you are. I hope so. so. Well, I mean, you feel relatable now. We like sharing a couch, thing with cushions. But do you... What was the? Do you remember a a moment when a fan maybe said something that you that really touched you? Has anyone given you any things, or uh, have you had a funny, weird fan experience? Oh,
4: I've had many funny, weird fan experiences, (laughs) but but that's because I go so close, I guess. And don't protect myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's been a lot of awkward moments. Mm. And uh, but the most important part for me is to make them feel not. Uh, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Mm. Like if it's uncomfortable, it should be on me. Mm. But <clears throat> it's it's cool because uh, some. What do you
2: mean by what what's happened? What do you like? If they. Uh,
4: if you're saying like hey hey great show oh so nice to meet you nice to meet you too. yeah and then they're like i live there and my parents and i have like a dog and I start like telling like, <laughs> oh. they like and so there's it. a long line oh and you're like no. yeah cool and you don't want to be like uh, next <laughs> so but uh, i don't know it, there's many people who've touched me and who said that like the music has done or been important mm. for them for like a especially hard year or through a breakup or like and someone say very like s- deep things mm. that I'm not sure I would like to share but mm. it's kind of like serious and uh, yeah people struggle and and when they can find like a friend in my music it's mm. very it's very big and like playing for just one person like that is uh, is more than enough for me and mm. sometimes I recognize my like fans who are there often yeah and um and this summer it's been cool because I saw like hey you were there and you were like yeah. I see that yeah and they were like exactly. oh hello hello you see me I love you and then and then I was like you know the song come mm. on up and they came up oh and they wow was, they were like 17 uh, year old girls yeah well, <laughs> super sweet and they came up on stage and they were like i'm just come on sing go to the microphone <laughs> and we played and we danced and and one other time uh this summer i also saw like a girl who's like done a tattoo like big tattoo and her arm with my logo on oh it. my
2: god i know it's, it's have you uh, ever seen that have you seen that before no it's a huge thing i know does it make you feel your face does it make you feel uncomfortable
4: I'm like, are you sure? I'm like a grandmother. Oh, that will be there forever, you know. What have you done to your skin? Yes. And my grandmother actually called me and said, did you get that tattoo? And I said, no, it's not mine. Uh, Because I was like, whoa, homaging her. It's a huge deal. And I saw her, like, on the front row. And I know that she, because she's been, like, sending me messages about uh, guitar, 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 guitar. And when people, like, ask about guitar stuff, I try to be like, Mm. yes. Hello, and da 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 da. Yeah. So I knew help. that she played, and like on the two last songs of the set, I was like, "Hey, you want to play with us?" And she was like, oh. Did she ca- Did she come
2: up and play? She
4: did come up and play. And was she? Two- <laughs> and then I just had to kind of. Because I was like, I think she knows the songs yeah. on guitar. And I hope she does. But yeah. if she doesn't, it's a big mistake and <laughs> <laughs> to bring her up on stage. Because it, would, it could ruin yeah. everything. Because I was like, bring up, bring <laughs> out some amps. Yeah, and should. she got one of my guitars. And my wow. guitar technician just... Fixed like an amp really, yeah. really quick, and she played and she knew the songs perfectly and it was so touching to stand there and and I was like okay you play I don't yeah. have to play you
2: do it. I mean that must have changed her life <sighs> because can you imagine like can you imagine Feist said to you come, come up and stay? play? Oh I would have dreamed yeah. about it because yeah. I c- I could have done you it. Could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think of covering any of her songs? Like do you ever feel like covers or something that? You can connect to as well, or do you really focus on your own in interpreting your own songs on stage? That would be like throwing yourself off a plane <laughs> with a parachute.
4: It's a huge risk. It is a huge risk, <laughs> yeah. but you know. Because you, you respect it so much. Yeah. But um, maybe. I, I haven't done it so much because I don't sit so much. Mm. A home alone as I did before And like mm. searching for covers On the internet and like doing Doing them yeah Because when I'm home I'm kind of having time off
2: yeah, From
4: playing but I probably should I would probably learn a lot about melodies I think melodies. it would be
2: amazing as well Just to hear it you know interpreted <laughs> I think oh, it would fun. be unbelievable So where do you go from here What's next what is the What is the goal for you What is the thing that you have yet to do
4: My goal is just to have a nice life, I guess. And everything else is just a bonus. And um, I just want to keep on writing things that are true to me and try to be who I am Mm -hmm. and not like lose pace. And uh, I don't know, try to be good to myself and good to the people I meet on my way. That's my goal. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, I think that's like everyone's goal, which I think is like, but it's so thoughtful to do to make sure that you're caring about yourself as well because you know it's it's, easy to forget it's not only easy to forget it's it's so hard to continue to do that as you're getting bigger and bigger and your dreams are getting bigger and bigger as you're going yeah um so why do you think you're well suited to be a musician
4: because i love music and like from Like touring for a couple of years now, I still go on stage and I just love to play. And I look at my band and I'm like, "Holy shit, I have a band!" (laughs) You have a band, (laughs) yeah. And I remember, like from being younger, it was so cool to have a band. And I formed like bands in school Mm -hmm. and I made like you know these cards that you give away with your phone numbers on. I I made like cards for everyone in the band and I made like a logo and it was like administration (laughs) was on point, but we never rehearsed.
2: Oh shit.
4: I actually had a band Like w- When I was 11 mm. Which was called Afro Chickens
2: Afro Chickens
4: uh, That was my first we're band and It was so strange we're Why Afro Chickens Because there was one guy In the band Who had, had an Afro. Afro And we were like Well maybe we can be chickens We were like <laughs> <laughs> and We were so young. But
2: I like that phase I like that you did that You know And you keep it light Which is great Because it can get so As you know It can get heavy really heavy yeah so
4: uh, and i've made huge mistakes before that i've tried to learn from mm-hmm. and I, I got like major arthritis oh, in did? both of my arms oh no so i was like uh, on a sick leave for two years oh. because of like playing guitar too much and touring too hard oh my gosh so it's like all about now taking care mm. of how the, are you
2: now how I'm
4: better. Yeah, I'm much better. And now uh, this good. summer, I've played shows and I, it haven't hurt, which is good. But like sometimes I like kind of lose feelings yes. in my hand, <gasps> or I, so it's strange. It's So
2: scary. It's very scary. Also, I think for anyone here listening who potentially also has a few the illnesses and ailments that th- they've acquired, like through playing something mm. or just in life, I think that that gives them, I suppose, hope. Yeah. and also that you just have to pay attention to yourself artists forget yeah. that especially yeah. and there's uh, weird also
4: because no one talks about it and there's exactly. uh, after i got it i like asked people for like advice and what should i do like, mm-hmm. and then i discovered that almost everyone i knew in the music industry had gotten the same thing at one point and that's just so strange that everyone like falls in the same trap. Yeah, but that... nobody
2: talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wow. so
4: weird. And it isn't strange because we like sit in tight cars mm. or we sleep in couches and we sleep on buses and we yeah. travel like from really early to really late and we play to really late and mm. then really early up and it's a very like unhealthy mm. way of living and mm. like street food and you know, it's <coughs> it's not yeah. that easy. And uh, so now I try to uh, tour more and mm. be more conscious of how we do things and not make the weirdest kind of detours mm. and like playing then uh, like in yeah, the no- north and south mm. the same day. But be maybe. more deliberate
2: with your touring schedule.
4: Absolutely, yeah. and say
2: no to more things. That isn't That's real. so hard. Yeah. I mean, I look. You said yes to me, and you missed Mutski. Yeah, look what you did. But it's but right I w- right. I want to g- I want to give. Yes, I'm. I will. I shall take it. Thank you so much for your time. Really, it's been so wonderful. It's been great. Um, I think that. So how can people find your music if they've never heard about you and never heard know. your music? I don't know.
4: Maybe like Spotify. Okay. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Music. What's it called? I don't know. Anything. Yeah. And then You we're have to ask w- my label. I don't <laughs> yeah. know <all> this practical <laughs> stuff. Ask my
2: label. <laughs> so where, where are you playing next?
4: Next? I can't remember. I think it is Trondheim. Okay. We're playing, uh, uh, I think so, uh, uh, <laughs> at a, a festival called Stereo. Okay. And then we're playing a couple more shows in Norway, and then we're going to London, yeah, LA, and uh,
2: New York. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.
1: Uh,
5: f- first we gig we done on a, like a big oh. festival stage. Oh, so yeah. it's kind of like a new experience for okay. this constellation.
2: Yeah, so how did you i played many festivals
5: myself with my, with my other band, Kings of Convenience. Yes. it feels very different to be in a I
2: love Kings of Convenience. Thank you. A lot. Um, is that something that you ever will revisit, do you think?
5: Of course, yeah. We've been um, very deep into our new album for three years, so we are yeah. recording we
2: Where are most of week? the band members? Huh? Where are most of the band members based?
5: Uh, Komoda is a Bergen-based band. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Kings of Convenience is also a Bergen band, but... But my bandmate Erlen has relocated to Sicily.
2: Okay, yeah. so is that why it took? it's taken three years? Yeah, it years. makes, <laughs> it makes
5: uh, things a little bit more complicated. Yes. Uh.
2: Did you decide to do the project, the new project, because mm. you needed to have some sort of outlet yeah, on a basis? Yeah, uh, I need
5: to have band members in my hometown. So like, tonight I have time off. Should we, j- should we uh, jam? <laughs> like someone who can actually yeah. show up. Right. short notice.
2: Right, and what do you feel like you get from the one project and also the other?
5: Uh, so Komodo is basically more like a social collective thing with yes. six, six people, and it's, it's more rhythmical, so it's mm. more, I get to explore more rhythm. Uh, obviously, King is very much about songwriting and about lyrics and mm. about detailed mm. guitar arrangements, mm. incredibly complex guitar arrangements. Whereas komoda is more of a feeling-based mm. groove thing.
2: Why did you decide to sing in English?
5: Because it is an uh, international language which everyone can understand, mm. or most people can understand.
2: Do you feel like your writing changes a little when you're thinking in English versus when you're thinking in your home tongue?
5: It creates uh, a little sense of distance, so it means you don't feel so exposed when you're... That's a good way to put it. You're talking about your own feelings and your own life, which can be kind of vulnerable if you do it in your own language. And having that extra layer of singing in another language means that you feel a little bit more, yeah, a little less exposed.
2: I never really thought of it like that, but I suppose that's quite a beautiful way to put it. But when Hmm. you first started out, Hmm. who were you listening to? Because obviously Kings of Convenience for Hmm. a lot of us was something that was so huge in our lives at the time hmm. um and that hmm. was when when was that 2000 and
5: our first album came yeah, out in 2001, 2001 yeah. yeah i was
2: just gonna say so 2002, we, are, uh, yeah.
5: we are 18 years into oh our my God. career it's about time to make our fourth I've, album
2: it's time yeah. we were it, i was even talking about the band hmm. the other day with yeah. another artist um because there's so many songs that have stuck Hmm. you know for a while so do you remember your first performance with kings of convenience the first show you ever played very
5: well i was living in the uk at that time and we got booked to play the show at this tiny place in covent garden called the poetry cafe Mm -hmm. and we had this uh, train ride from my college to uh, into london where uh, we we would play and we were rehearsing uh, on the train me and Erlen <laughs> and I met randomly a guy who was my yoga teacher uh, okay. I met my yoga teacher at the train um, and he said can I stick with you guys and listen to your guys performance sounds sounds interesting so I want I want to hear this so he said let's go into the first class train yeah. like, let's go into f- see if we can find like a quiet space on the train in the first class oh like these God. old compartments <laughs> that you used to have in uh, old trains mm so we went into the first class and played uh, the songs played through the songs and then the conductor comes and knocks the door and wants to see our tickets and we said oh, I'm sorry we didn't know that this was first class we don't have first class mm. tickets and then uh, Rafi the yoga teacher he says to the conductor yeah, we are from another country and we don't have first class in our country <laughs> we only have humanity <laughs>
3: That's a good way it's to a get. A very get good way to get.
5: And the conductor, <laughs> guess what he said? All right, I let you sit here you because stare. of your instruments. Yes. Yeah?
2: So you were practicing there. Did you have any mm. idea what it would become at the time? Of
5: course not. There was, I mean, our artistic ambition mm. was sky high. So we was were it? we were working so intensely on, on the songs and writing them and perfect perfectionating mm. them. Is that a word? Perfectionating, yeah. Perfectionating them. Uh, our commercial ambitions were a, a bit diverse within the band. Erlen mm. has always had a lot of confidence in our like ability to make it big, whereas I was not so interested in that. I was totally focused on, mm. on uh, writing good songs and playing them well and mm. didn't even consider what could happen with this music
2: so then it happened and do you feel like having both that duality of you being focused on the music and Hmm. him being focused on do you feel like that's
5: exposing it obviously that was a very important that was a very important uh, way of dividing the tasks within the band if we were both like me (laughs) uh, modest and not so interested in Hmm. like making it big we wouldn't have gone very far I'm sure
2: I think maybe just a different trajectory maybe just a different path. Mm, yeah, maybe. Well <laughs> but because he's so busy with so many projects as well mm. that he's got on how often do you check in with each other now? And quite also because as quite you said often
5: you d- we are yeah. uh, we are very close and we've worked very close together for many years and it's important to give each other freedom to explore other projects. Mm. So it never really got in the way for anything. We are both very determined on our common project, Kinskevenians, and um, and our other projects. So I'm, I'm very happy with the freedom I'm getting and the yeah, ability imagine. to play with Komoda. And, yeah, we spend a lot of time on that now. There's a lot of work behind Komoda yeah. as well.
2: Tell me, what does it mean? What does Komoda mean?
5: Kumuda means a chest of drawers ah, Okay. So it's a very banal word yeah. But it's a funny in Norwegian it's a funny word Because it's kind of like a forgotten word That like you would hear your grandmother say Oh, it's a more it's like,
2: traditional colloquial yeah, It's kind of like yeah. a
5: forgotten furniture Everyone has a komo- komode in their Not a komode I know what it means in English In, in Norwegian everyone has a komode in mm. their house But it's a word you, do, you wouldn't normally say So yeah. it's a bit funny So why hard did you to choose it? It was funny. And uh, also because in French, commode means convenient.
2: Ah. So there's
5: a funny <laughs> little connection there. Yeah, yeah.
2: definitely. Yeah. How is playing with this... You said there's six of you. Hmm. So how do you feed... How is it feeding off everybody's energy? And It's as incredible. You just said
5: so it's such a positive experience. Mm. And everybody who is in it is in it for the love of music. So it's a very... Uh, Jam-based, and um, I like the expression amateur. To be an amateur, do you know what it means?
2: Uh, Oh, in I look for amateurs. Yeah, why?
5: When I when I try to form a band, I look for amateurs. An amateur is basically someone who does something for their love of what they're doing. Okay, so they want to learn. So amateur is someone who loves. That's what it means. Okay. So you want someone who is an amateur, not not a professional. Okay. Well, yeah. I know
2: the difference between an amateur professional, mm. yeah. but I just wanted to know in your context. Yeah.
5: So looking for people who are amateurs, who really love playing music. So funny, because if you
2: called a, a person an amateur, <laughs> exactly, they'd be like, you bastard, really? Exactly. <laughs> um, but it, should
5: be a, it should be a positive word.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And thank you for bringing that up. But do you... So what, what was your first ever show that you went to, your first concert that you saw?
5: So I saw a lot of like s- small gigs with unknown uh, things where I snuck in when I was underage. But I remember yesterday seeing The Cure. How was that? Here in Ea uh, Festival. I remembered a very, very long time ago when I was 17 years old. Mm. I bought my first plane ticket to fly here to Oslo to see The Cure when wow. they were doing their Wish tour in 1992 i was 17 years old and they were already an old band you know they had been around since as long as i could remember since the 70s my whole lifetime yeah so in 1992 i was like i better check this out before it's too late you know like this is my last chance (laughs) i gotta go and see the cure before it's over and now 20
2: yeah, the seventies. Yeah, the uh, how many now is, that? Yeah. well, twenty something. But the now, a
5: long time if you later. look at the
2: nineties and the seventies, that gap. Hmm. Now hmm. we are that to the nineties. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is so brilliant.
5: Even worse. How did uh, you
2: find? How did you find the show? Uh,
5: it was memory lane. I walked down memory lane.
2: Did you hmm. feel ever moved by a show where you are uh, physically physically react? You know, where you hmm. cry or dance uh, or like well, how how much does obviously, it yes, push when
5: you? when uh, when something really gets to me a very good show would be a show where at one point you cry a little bit other points you smile yeah. and uh, <laughs> and the end you dance yeah that would be like <laughs> the that's the ultimate show
2: ending on that high
5: yeah so if you cry and dance during a show
2: what about crying and dancing at the same time even better. Because I feel like, yeah, that's Even probably better, what I do yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, and then what is the future for Komode and k- you said that Kings of Convenience, you're yeah. gonna be writing, you're writing yeah, we new music are, now.
5: We're working on a new album.
1: When and is that going to uh, come out?
5: W- we we don't know. Okay. It's, it's been ready for a very long time, but finishing it is very difficult.
1: Mm.
2: Why? Just because of timing?
5: And because our attention to detail is so uh, extreme.
2: Do you think that's um, a good thing for you? Or well, do you feel like it holds you back end, sometimes? In the end, it is a good thing. Yeah.
5: yeah. But when you're in the middle of it, it's hell. <laughs> it's <enough.
2: laughs> absolutely. I miss you all